Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So last week I did the State of the Church Address and I talked about that we would be talking about kind of an overarching theme called This Is Us, but inside the This Is Us, there would be a whole lot of This Is Me, okay? Because this whole year in 18, we are working on the core. People are like, I don't want to work on my core. You got to work on the core, amen? Because if the core is in bad shape, your ankles, knees, elbows, neck, back, it all just, it just doesn't like you, okay? So we're working on the core because we believe, and maybe today is proof of that, that there is a wave of growth coming, okay? And it, I guess it showed up, okay, today, all right? But there's a wave of growth coming, and we want to be ready as a church to support that growth. We don't want to fumble that growth, Okay, so we're working on being stronger in 18 in every area of our church. And you're going to hear that theme uh, throughout the year. So today, uh, I simply titled my message today, Blessed. Just blessed. If I were to take a show of hands, how many of you would like to be in the blessed line? And how many of you would like to be in the cursed line? (laughs) Which one's longer? Because if you're going to be in the cursed ones, I just need to tell you that the ponders are going to be over here. I just kind of like that kind of stuff. I like it. I like when things work. I like when health is good. I I just like being blessed. I like all relationships and friends and how God connects me with people. I like a whole lot of blessings. I I just hope they keep coming. All right? That faucet, uh, I don't want to shut off. Okay? But, but, But God tells us in his word This is how to be in this line, and this is how to be in this line. You say, well, I would never pick that line. (laughs) Can I just tell you something? You don't have to pick it. You just have to not do what he says do. And you'll just kind of automatically drift over here, and you go, but God, I didn't want to be cursed. I didn't want to live under the curse. Well, then get yourself intentionally over here in the blessed side. Because you just don't get hatched and fall into this area. God says in his word, these are some things I want you to do, and if you do them, I'm going to open the floodgates. And if you don't do them, well, we're in a drought, right? That's not much fun, right? It can be droughts physically, spiritually, in our lives as well. So there's a whole bunch of scripture. First, Deuteronomy 26.2. Listen to Deuteronomy 26.2. That you shall take some of your first of all the produce in the ground, on the grounds, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God has given you, and put it in a basket, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Where is that for you? For many of you, 
this is your house of worship, then your first fruits to be of the house of the, of the Lord. Exodus 23, 13, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, some of you are like, well, pastor, didn't you just show a bunch of slides last week of $1.5 million giving last year for us as a church? I did. Then why in the world would you come to church today and whoop your church? I am not whooping my church. Listen to me. I don't... I don't try to stay up and do a whole bunch of stuff, and then one day God reminds me through my body, physical body, that you better start resting. I don't drive my car until it breaks down. I do preventative maintenance called oil and filter changes because I don't want to be on the side of the road. Listen, we, we, we apply... we. This, this statement of don't say anything, if, it's, if giving's good, don't talk about money, it'll, it'll dry up. We don't apply that anywhere else in life. Nowhere. I mean, thank the Lord we don't stop showering because we just showered, okay? I recommend daily, okay? Helps to grow the church, all right? <laughs> so, so listen to me. I don't want to come to you as the pastor and say, we're in lack, and y'all need to give. I don't have to say that. I've never had to say that. This church right here is a very, very, very generous church. And we give, man. Can I just tell you that what I showed last week, like many of y'all give, and this is really not even officially your church home. You haven't officially become a member here, but you tithe faithfully, okay? I'm not coming to you beating you up. I'm coming to you to say, this is a check yourself message in 18. Whatever you're doing and God is blessing, keep doing it. And if you're not doing it, get on board and start doing it because he wants to bless you. Keep doing it. We're strong because of your faithfulness, okay? Your faithfulness. So why did God invent giving? I have people ask me all the time, What's, what did God mean by get, teaching us to give? Well, an answer to that is pretty simple. He knows us. <laughs> he knows man. He knows us. He, he wants to work in giving. He wants to work greed and selfishness out of you. See, I'm easily, I can easily be greedy. I can easily be selfish. Both of those do not honor God. Tithing helps me not be greedy and helps me not be selfish. All right? We need to give because if not, we're going to be very greedy and very selfish. Greedy and selfish people are not very happy people. Unhappy people don't have a lot of friends. People that don't have a lot of friends are usually miserable. If you want to make life very miserable on yourself, be a very stingy, greedy person. You will be all alone in life. Greediness and selfishness are not characteristics of God. 
if you want a WWJD, that's not how you get it done, okay? Giving affects every area of our lives. It will affect the physical and the spiritual health of God's people. It will affect their marriages and their children. We are here simply because God gave. Luke 2.12 says this, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. We just celebrated. He gave us the baby. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is the subject and the object of the Bible. But giving is the action of the Bible. If giving isn't the action or the theme in your life, you are in trouble. You're in trouble. You're never more like Jesus than when you're giving. Never. I want you to go to Malachi. Malachi, the, the, the Gospel of Malachi. Look at Malachi 3. Pretty familiar uh, text when you talk about tithe. Many people don't like to read this because the subheading of this passage is, do not rob God. You want to have a great quiet time? Open up with a cup of coffee and stare at Malachi 3 and go, okay, well, I'll just skip today and I'll do a quiet time tomorrow, okay? That's a terrible subheading, all right? Because it's just, I mean, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't mess around. That's a gut punch. Look at verse 8. Will a man rob God? Hmm. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offering, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. If you want to be cursed, cut off the tide to the storehouse. Just test me. He says, but if you do it faithfully and you're committed to it, then I will absolutely open floodgates and bless you. And bless you. So what stops me from being blessed? What cuts off the river of blessings in my life? I have a question. Have you ever heard the word mammon? It's not a word we just walk around and say a lot. Ever heard the word mammon? Do you know what the word mammon means? Mammon appears four times in Scripture. Once you'll find it in Matthew 6. We're going to read it in just a little bit. The other three times you're going to find it in Luke chapter 16. Mammon is an Aramaic word which means riches. It came from a Syrian god of riches. Mammon is the spirit of the world. Don't, don't kid yourself to think that there is not a spirit of mammon in this world. There is a spirit of mammon running rampant in this world. Now, here's the deal, though. 
We are to be in this world, but not of this world. It's very tricky, all right? So you've got to walk around in your earth suit in this world, and there is a spirit over this world. It's called mammon, but we mm, don't want no part of that. Don't sit at that table. Don't you invite mammon into the house. It will absolutely destroy it. I, I, I mean, the gospel, the Bible tells us that the enemy is looking for people to devour. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's exactly what mammon wants to do in your life. That's what he wants to do. It is a spirit, it's a spirit of the world. Here's what mammon is not. Mammon is not money. See, a lot of people think mammon's money. It's not money. Mammon's a spirit that's on money. People, people come about saying, I, I don't know why God doesn't like money. I'm like, I don't know why you don't read your Bible. <laughs> I mean, I don't say it to him. That's what I'm thinking. God, God, God likes money. He likes currency. Can I tell you that money does a lot of great things? Money feeds poor people. It expands the kingdom. It puts the gospel everywhere. It blesses people. It, 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 it blesses families. It, it, it raises up a heritage. It, it, it sets out just enormous leverage for the kingdom. The church can be all that God wants that church to be if it is blessed financially, okay? It's handcuffed if not, okay? It's handcuffed for some other reasons, but, but money's a big deal. So God is not against money. He's against the spirit of mammon that is on money. And I'm going to tell you something. There are churches that have the spirit of mammon on them. I know churches that have $30, $40 million on the books. Can I just tell you that debt changes people? It'll change you. You can really absolutely love your pastor. Go to a church that takes on a whole bunch of debt your pastor will change overnight and you will not like him. I promise you. I promise you. Because debt is an enemy. It's an enemy. It'll change you. Mammon is the spirit of the world. Mammon's not money. It is a spirit that rests on money, not submitted to God. I'm going to say that again for you. It is the spirit that rests on money, not submitted to God. Money either has God's spirit on it or mammon's spirit on it. You say, there is no way you're just smoking my chili and I'm not letting you do it. Okay, I promise you it does. Listen to this statement. Money that has been submitted to God and doesn't try to replace God, but serves God, is blessed by God. I want to say that again to you. Money that hasn't been submitted to God, money that has been submitted to God 
and doesn't try to replace God, but serves God, is blessed by God. God's spirit rests on that money and blesses that money. That's why that money multiplies and is not devoured by the devourer. You say, man, I just love how God takes everybody's tithe, puts it all together, God multiplies it and does things that we can't even think or imagine. Mm-hmm. You know you can do the same thing in your house? You can do the same thing in your home. You can do the same thing in your business. I was listening to Dave Ramsey uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I don't remember. This couple called in. They said that they'd been married for six years and the first three years of their life was miserable. And so Christmas came around and they were not on the same page at all. Christmas comes around and there's a package under the tree with her husband's name on it. He goes and gets the package and he opens the package up and there's two tickets to Financial Peace University class and divorce papers. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And she's just sitting over there. He looks at her and she says, you need to pick. You need to pick. We can't, do, we can't keep doing this. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And he said, wisely, all right, where's that class meet? So they went to the class first night when it was over, driving home. He looks at her and says, we got to get on the same page. We can do this. For the next 29 months, they get after it. They pay off $134,000 in 29 months. Dave Ramsey says, so how's your marriage today? She said, better than it was before we ever got married. She said, well, tell me about marriage counseling. <laughs> he said, Dave, we didn't go to marriage counseling. We got mammon out of our house. It healed us. Debt killed us, and it just healed us. We didn't go to marriage counseling. We got on the same page. We were fighting the same enemy and we conquered it, and we won. And we've never talked more openly. We've never been so supportive of each other. And now, now, we're happier than we've ever been. I'm going to tell you something, that there's a spirit of mammon that is on some homes that can be set free if you break that curse. Jesus said, this is not Jeff saying this. This is Jesus saying it. You cannot serve God and mammon. I want you to see it in Scripture. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Matthew 6, 24. The most important part of this is the beginning of this verse. No one, I'm going to help you with something. When you go to seminary, you can get this. No one means no one. I know that's deep, and that's free, okay? But no one means no one. Because I, I know people that read the Bible, and they're like, well, that's probably not for me. 
Really? It's an interesting thought. But no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal. Oh, that's so incredible right there. Loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. See, none of you would say, I will be more loyal to mammon than I am to God. I love God. I won't despise God. Mm. Mammon tries to take God's place. That's what it does. Mammon tries to take God's place. Mammon promises us, in many things, it promises us security. Mammon says stuff like this. I can insulate you from all of world's problems. If you, if you could just get enough money, you wouldn't even have any problems. If you could get enough money, you'd have so many friends. If you could just get enough money, they'd listen to you. Mm -mm. And here's, here's a trap. If you could get enough money, you'd give more. <laughs> oh, that's such a lie. Jesus said, he knows it's a lie. Jesus says this, if you're not going to do it with the least, you're not going to be entrusted with much. See, if you, I heard a pastor one time say, if you don't give out of poverty, you won't give out of the mansion. That's true. The little widow, she gave two pennies. That's why God says you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon promise you, promises you identification. It says it'll give you identity. Mammon says that it will give you significance. Mammon says, I'll give you independence. Mammon says, I'll give you power. Mammon says, I'll give you freedom. Listen to me. Mammon can't give you what only God can give you. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy that lie. That's why he says you can't serve both. You got to cut one of them off. You cannot listen to a spirit of mammon and listen to a spirit of God. You just can't do that. You know why? Because mammon is in direct contrast with the spirit of God. They're, they're battling. They don't like each other. They're not for you. One, God's for you. Mammon is not for you. Not for you at all. People have told me that mammon is not a spirit. Really? Then what is it? Mammon is a spirit. If mammon wasn't a spirit, then how can it talk? Mammon does, mammon does talk. It does. Let me tell you when it talked to your pastor. I was a sophomore in college at East Texas Baptist University. I went to a little church. I went most of the time by myself because my roommate, Billy Foote, was out doing worship somewhere, so I just went to this little church by myself. So I'm sitting in this church service, 
I've told this story once before. Some of you may have heard it. But I was sitting in a church service, and at the time, I was in college. I was on a baseball scholarship. I didn't, my parents had just recently divorced. Um, one of the neat little stories about that little gift was that I, my dad said, as long as you have a baseball scholarship, I'll take care of your car payment. I'm like, sweet. So I'm playing ball, and I'm driving a car. Well, one day I come out of class, I'm walking down the hill, and I'm like, man, somebody got all their stuff in their car out in the middle of the parking lot. I got a little bit closer. I was like, hmm, I think that's my, 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 my bat bag and my, it looks like my glove. When I walked down there and where my car was parked, all my stuff that was in my car is in the parking lot, but my car is not there. My car had been impounded because my dad wasn't making the payments anymore, but he didn't tell me that it was going to be impounded. So this big record came and got my car, left all the stuff in the parking lot, and there's nothing there for me. So that was a deal we had. So I was going to church. I didn't have any car, so I went with a buddy of mine. So I'm sitting in church, and it's about time for the offering to come by. And this is one of those churches where you sing a bunch of hymns, and somebody sings a special that's not always a special. And then they take, <laughs> and then they take an offering. I don't know if that ever helped giving or hurt giving. I couldn't tell. But, but so, so they would take the offering. So I'm sitting there, and I have a checkbook, and I open up my checkbook, and it's got $11.89. I'm like, eee, that's pretty lean. Well, I'd committed to God that I would uh, tie 10 bucks. And that doesn't sound like much, but I was a college kid, okay, who now has his stuff in the parking lot, right? So, so $10. Now, understand something. At East Texas Baptist University, they serve a wonderful lunch, big lunch, chicken fried steak, gravy, green bean salad, all the cobbler you want, all right? But they don't serve a Sunday night meal, all right? So I, I was thinking this all through as the plates were coming, and I was like, well, if I tie 10, I'm going to have $1.89. I can't, even go to walk, I can't even go to Taco Bell on Sunday night and get 33 deep tacos. So I said, I, I, I think I'm just going to do five, God, and next week I'll do 15. You good? You good, guy? We good? Guy's like, no, I'm not good. You told me 10. I make commitment for you. I go to the cross. I carry it through. You make commitment to me. You carry it out. So I want, I write everything out except the number. I sign the check, I put tithe in the memo, I write the church's name, and I still, I put the date. I still haven't put 10, and I still haven't wrote out $10. And so the plate's in front of me, the aisle in front. I'm like, my pen so badly wanted to write a five, and all of a sudden it wrote a one. And I'm like, it's the sorriest pen. And <laughs> it wrote a 10. And I wrote out $10. And the plate's coming by, and I stuck my check in the plate, and then I was like, Okay, it's gone. That lady looked at me like, what's wrong with you, man? I was like, sorry, ma'am. And so it goes by. So I leave church not happy. I was depressed. So I'm like, I'm going to go eat about six chicken fried steaks. I want all the cobbler they got because I can't even eat till Monday morning at breakfast. All right? So I go. I eat a whole bunch of chicken fried steak. I get really full. So I go downstairs. I'm about to walk out of the Student Life Center, and I look over, and there's mailboxes on the wall. And I was like, hey, man, I didn't check my mail yesterday. So I go up there, and it's usually a bunch of, hey, you ought to get this credit card because you're a poor college kid, and I'll have a 19% interest rate, and I'll make you go to the poorhouse. You know, that kind of mail. And, and I'm like, I don't want to go check that stuff. And so I open it up. Yeah, that's predictable. That's predictable. That's predictable. Oh, check. Oh, I wonder what this is. So it said, First Baptist Church, smack over Arkansas. Now, show of hands, how many people know where smack over Arkansas is? <laughs> Come on. 
It's just smack over there. I don't know why I don't know where it is. So well, that summer, this was in like November. Well, that summer, I spoke at Smack Over Arkansas at First Baptist Church because my mom lived in El Dorado. And I drove up and spoke to the youth group. And they told me they would pay me 25 bucks. That's big deal in college, all right? So they didn't pay me because the, the secretary got sick that day. They didn't write the check. So the guy was going to tell the secretary the next morning, la, 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 la. Come November, I still ain't got a check, but I forgot all about it. So I got my mailbox, opened it up as a letter from the pastor. I said, wow. So the pastor says, Jeff, uh, um, find the check and close from the church. Very sorry that you spoke in July and we only pay you in November. We don't normally do that. And so our apologies. So because of that, we're going to double what we said we're going to pay you. I was like, sweet. So instead of 25, I got 50. All right. So I'm looking at my clock. It's like, 1257, I'm out of here. So the business department is open. The business office is open at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So I'm trucking down the hall, down these down the sidewalk. I go in there, sign that check. Boy, she cats give me $50, dollars two twenties and a 10. I'm like, whoo. So I went back to my room. I told my, my roommate, I said, hey, dinner's on me. We're going to K-Bob's. <laughs> so he went and ate a steak. All right. Now I tell that story to tell you this. Because I have to be able to, well, if you'd, have, if you'd have written $5, it would have still been in your mailbox, so that doesn't prove anything. Oh, whatever. Your cynical look at the gospel is sad. All right? I'm not saying that supernaturally that mail would have disappeared. I'm saying this. Mammon was sitting in church saying, y'all just do half, make it up next week, it all come out in the wash. God said, just trust me. I already know what's in that mailbox. You're going to have a steak tonight. Mammon said, just do half. I just don't do anything. Catch up next week. It was at that point in my life that the spirit of Mammon was sacrificed. You see, my dad always gave me envelopes with two quarters in them, and I sat in worship at the church and colored the pencil mark around it, drew smiley faces, you know, play with your quarters in your envelope. I was handed an offering or a tithe. But it's that moment as a sophomore kid starving to death, worrying about what I was going to eat that night, that I could carry through on a commitment of a tithe, and God came through, right? I want you to know something. The spirit of mammon will whisper to you, and you've got to cut it off, all right? You've got to cut that off. 1 Kings 18.21, listen to this. 1 Kings 18.21, Elijah went before the people, and he said, how long will you waver between two opinions? Mm, I'm going to let that just kind of sit there for a little bit. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. If mammon is God, listen to him. If God is God, you listen to him. See, that's all that's going on in this nation. That's all that's going on in the church. Can I tell you that a lot of churches are in financial mess? They didn't have the year we had. They didn't have that year. The enemy is whispering not only to lost people, but to saved people. And they're saying, listen to mammon 
And you got to take care of yourself. I'll take care of you. I'll insulate you from problems. I'll solve all your problems. You just, you, you take it. And one day when you have enough money, then you can start all this tithing and giving stuff. You'll never start. Or you can say, I don't have much right now. I don't have as much as I want right now. But listen to me. We have got to develop the habit of giving in our lives. And if we'll do that, it honors God, and God will open up the floodgates, and he'll bless us. And not only that, our children will come up in that inheritance. They will come up in that heritage. They will come up in that line and understand the importance of giving. But I'm going to tell you something. The enemy, the enemy, mammon will whisper to you, don't do it. There's not enough to do it. You got to let, don't waver, don't waver. Do what God says, and God will bless it. If you listen to mammon, he's going to cut it off. Don't do that. Get in the blessed line, not in the curse line. Amen. I want you to listen to the end of Malachi, and we'll be done. Malachi 3, the rest of that text. 11 and 12. And listen to what God says. I will, this is God, I will rebuke the devourer from your sakes. I'll, I'll, I'll rebuke him. I'll get him out of there. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord of hosts. You listen to me, and I'll beat the fool out of mammon. You just listen to me. And all the nations will call you blessed. For the Lord will be a delightful, for, for you will be a delightful land. Listen to what he's saying. All the people will call you blessed. And you will be a delightful church. Little church, corporate church. Because, because you remember Exodus 33, Moses said, do not send us up from here mm -mm, unless your presence goes with us. And what will distinguish us from all the other people groups on the face of the earth unless your presence goes with us? Listen to me. The spirit of mammon is not the presence of God. The presence of God is the presence of God. You follow him, and he will absolutely cut off the devourer from your house. All right? You honor God. You don't waver anymore. You pick sides. You say, this house, me, this house, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're, we're going with God. We're going to honor God. If you don't think that the spirit of mammon is alive and well, you're crazy. He's trying to devour you. And God says, if you'll listen to me, I'll cut that dude off. I'll cut him off. Listen to me. This church right here is tremendously, tremendously, tremendously blessed by faithful, faithful people that give. So you say, well, preacher, why are you doing this? Because I want you to be even better, even stronger in this area. Look back at what you've done in 16. Look at what you've done in 17 and commit to do more in 18 
because you trust God more and God's giving you more. If you don't like the way you finished in 17, then you got another year to redo. He makes all things new, amen. I want you to listen to God and obey God in the area of tithe and offering. Why? Because I want your house, your family, your kids to be under the flood. That's why. I don't want them under the curse. I want them under the flood. And when you do me, then yes, it affects us. Because the stronger the me's are, the better the us is. Amen. And so this year, 2018, don't listen to mammon. Listen to God. Don't waver anymore. Go with God. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. As you move to a time of invitation, I invite the worship team to come on up. If you're working at the altar, please make your way. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I simply want to ask you a simple question. Not, not, not for you and your wife, just for you individually. This is the me that makes up the us. If me, you, are going to be stronger in 18 than you were in 17, do you want to be stronger in this area? If you have sensed in your life and in your family that the enemy, the mammon, is stealing from you, it's whispering to you, it's talking to you, you kind of side more on the mammon side, will you please cut him off right now? Just right where you sit, say, mammon, you got no place in my house anymore. None. Not over my family, not over me. We're not wavering anymore. We're going all the way with God. And you're going to trust God because he's a big, mighty God. Today, I want you, as we stand in just a little bit, to worship. I want you to settle that in your heart today. No more mammon spirit in my house. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. If you're here today and you're looking for a church home, and God's leading you during this invitation time, you come, you can join church, be a part of what God's doing here. If you need prayer for anything, surgery this week, tough week coming up, pray over a child, you come, we'll pray over you. Altar's open, but I want the curse and the spirit of mammon to die in the house of the Lord today. Don't walk out of here with the spirit of mammon on your life. Be set free today. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We love you. God, we want to be blessed. We know the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. We know the devourer, mammon, is after us. But God, we, today, we cut him off. We won't listen to him anymore. We listen to God. We listen to God, and we go with God. God, thank you for a beautiful church. May it follow you now. May it do as you've commanded it to do. And may you be honored as we stand, as we worship during this invitation time. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from The Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 